Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Today is the big day, supposedly, for what has been called the People's Convoy. And somebody brought this, a couple uh, listeners brought this to my attention over the weekend, and I think last week, uh, the website is the People's Convoy. I think .org. I'll double check that here. Yeah, it was .org. .org. Um, yeah, thepeoplesconvoy.org. And on this site, they've got links to Telegram, Facebook, Instagram, Gab, Getter, an email link. There's a statement about, you know, being a large, diverse group of people from across the United States, people that want the emergency, national emergency status to be lifted. Uh, and then, you know, they, they go on to talk about the Constitution, et cetera, et cetera. I didn't even realize there was something called the emergency status going on, like a national emergency status in the United States. I, I didn't even know. There's been emergency statuses in the United States for decades. I mean, I don't know if they ever actually repeal these things, but every time there's some excuse, they'll always declare a state of emergency yeah. because it allows them to claim that they don't need to pay attention to the Constitution anymore due to the state of emergency. I just didn't realize it was still going on. It probably is. But, I mean, who keeps close track of when they actually end these things? Because they're constantly calling for them. They're constantly putting them in place. Yeah. What I wanted to, to share first up here tonight is audio from one of the purported organizers of this protest, who strangely is photographed in this video... Standing in front of what appears to be some sort of D.C. landmark. Oh, yeah, it's that place hmm. where um, Abraham Lincoln is inside. I don't know what it's called. Yeah, I don't either. But, He's, uh, like, seated inside behind a bunch of columns. Right, whatever yeah. that is in D.C. And so he's already there? That's kind of weird. Why is the organizer of the spokesman or whatever <laughs> yeah. for this? Yeah, what? not with the convoy. Right, What? Uh, let's play what he has to say here as he stands in front of a nighttime scene uh, with the lights up on the building behind him talking about what's going to be happening here as, again, this thing started, kicked off today. This message is for the president of the United States of America. My name is Kyle Sefcik of the Freedom Convoy USA 2022, and our routes meet here in D.C. on March 1st in time for your State of the Union address. We are very okay, organized March 1st? in our routes. See, now, this is what I had heard originally was that it was going to be March 1st. They wanted to co- coincide with the State of the Union, but the People's Convoy website shows them in Indianapolis. So the first one's called People's Convoy or The People's Convoy at thepeoplesconvoy.org. Then there's Freedom Convoy USA 2022. Now, the Canadian thing was referred to as the Freedom Convoy. And so this is the purported usa version the video the audio that we're playing of the guy standing in dc kyle sepchik i believe is his name he is apparently an independent candidate for congress in maryland so i guess that explains why he's already there because he's not in california yeah maybe he's gonna fly to california and then drive i don't know that's good that's a good question uh, but it sounds to me like he's just you know somebody who's heading this thing up uh, they say the video that we're playing was taken down from his personal Twitter account, so they put up Freedom Convoy USA 2022 on Twitter. And what clued me into this was the very beginning of this video with him, he says he's from the Freedom Convoy 2022, or Freedom Convoy USA 2022. He doesn't say he's from the People's Convoy. 
So this convoy, the Freedom Convoy, is ostensibly starting in California on the 25th. So they're starting uh, in Los Angeles, and that was what you had thought, Nikki, about this, was there was one starting in L.A. And so they're supposedly starting on the 25th, which is, that doesn't give you a long time to get to D.C. To you other convoys that plan on meeting us here, we look forward to seeing you and joining with you. We're going to do this right. We're going to do this honorably. Mr. President, we have no other motives in this mission. You see, the government, our elected officials of both parties have failed us tremendously these last two years. And now it's time for us. Oh, it's been much longer than two years. But at least people are starting to see, you know, presuming this guy represents some number of, uh, of folks out there, that at least people are starting to see that the political parties are not going to make America more free and that they are both hand in hand uh, making things worse. And they're cracking down on people's freedoms. And the Republicans may have played it a little bit looser than the Democrats in the last two years as far as the red states versus the blue states and the COVID uh, restrictions. But they all locked down. I mean, they yeah. all put on restrictions with the exception of maybe like South Dakota or something like that. It's sad that it had to come to this for people to realize that, no, politicians do not have your best interest in mind. And I mean, thing, these things have been happening for years and years and years. Yeah. This is nothing new, but it took absolute tyranny for people to finally wake up to what's going on that's usually what it takes unfortunately let's go on here us we the people to fix this to end this we're ready to get back to our lives so i was just looking into kyle sefchik he's the the spokesperson at least so far for the freedom convoy again there's people's convoy and then there's freedom convoy uh freedom convoy is the one starting in two days kyle sefchik Started his Twitter account, it appears, in August of last year for the purpose of promoting his political campaign. So he is running for governor of Maryland as a unaffiliated candidate, meaning he's not a Republican cool. or a Democrat. Um, and he does have a campaign website. He appears to own a business uh, that is an MMA and sport gym in a city called Damascus. I presume that's in Maryland. And so, he, you know, he appears to be a real person, right? Like, he's got this business that, that he runs. Um, some people are saying he's a federal agent based on the video that uh, that has been released. Just the way he looks. That's pretty funny. Yeah, and whether that's fair or not, I don't know. But And, and certainly somebody has to be a face, right? Like, there has to be somebody who's willing to speak for these drivers, because not all of them are going to want to speak. But is this just an opportunist, somebody who is, you know, trying to promote his political campaign? Is he actually, uh, you know, on the federal payroll? And is he trying to get truckers to essentially sacrifice themselves to the altar of the state? Give the uh, the state an excuse to crack down on these drivers and, and freedom? Is he the same guy that wanted the sign-up list for all the truckers? No. That's a or different that, website. That was a different website. Okay. I thought the point of the state of emergency was kind of for them to just put through orders without going through the proper channels. Because isn't that that kind of like what happened? Yeah, which is true. But isn't that kind of what Sununu was doing here in New Hampshire when it was a COVID state of emergency? That's true. Yeah, at the least in the case of state governments, when they have their state of emergency, it puts more power in the hands of the executive office and it takes power away from the congress people or the whatever state legislature and that's that shouldn't happen those statutes should be repealed now in new hampshire they're trying to weaken those those statutes to put more oversight on the 
governor when he does things like this. And they've had some success at, at doing that here, but they haven't repealed. Somebody needs to just repeal the state of emergency. Like, if it's that big of a deal, get the whole uh, state legislature together, call a special emergency session, and have them make the decision. Not this one man. That would put an extra check on this, this situation. Maybe um, the national state of emergency is basically just something for them to point at anytime they want to, to justify pass something. Oh, well, and we're in a state of emergency right now. Shane Class, who traveled from Idaho to join the rallies, another driver, he says, quote, I think everybody's here for different reasons, but it all boils down to the same thing, freedom and liberty. I'm of two mindsets about this. On one hand, I feel like, great, go out there, be heard, be seen, make whatever kind of impact you can, although I'm skeptical that protests ever really do much of anything. I mean, the old saying from Alexander Haig, who was, I believe, a Reagan administration official, he said, let them protest so long as they pay their taxes. Because that's the most important part yeah. to the state. They don't care. Go ahead. You can stand out in the cold if you want to and wave signs. They don't care if you're spending your time on that. They want obedience and to them, paying them is the most important thing. Paying and obeying is the most important things uh, to the state. And that's why it's great that cryptocurrency adoption was a huge facet of the Canadian protests. Well, you're right about that, Bonnie. That is a real perk that came unexpectedly out of the Canadian protests when they locked down people's bank accounts and when they uh, locked locked out the uh, GoFundMes and things like that, prohibiting people from basically transferring the money that they had honestly raised, uh, resulted in a lot of people getting really interested in Bitcoin, cryptocurrency. Specifically Monero. I kept hearing about Monero. And, and that's a smart thing, too, because then that's the privacy coin and then the government can't even track it. I'm saying that the government keeps encroaching and encroaching and encroaching. And also the radical left does the exact same thing. I think that the answer to the question is that peace is the way and that if you go to violence, then you are acting like them. You are using the tool that they use. You are doing what they are hoping that you're going to do. You know, look, for instance, at examples of where people have gotten violent with the state every single time. It results in mainstream media saying that, oh, my God, look at these dangerous terrorists uh, every single time the government gang uses it as an excuse to make the government more powerful, to wipe away more freedoms, uh, increase the size and the scope of police departments. So they always they want you to be violent. The thing they don't know how to deal with is a peaceful movement. And they don't know how to deal with widespread non-cooperation. And to the point that uh, to to Kyle Sefchik's um, credit, now this is the guy who is the face of the Freedom Convoy USA that some people say is a federal agent. He says at one point that it's uh, mass non-compliance is the answer. He says non-compliance with government tyranny is the only way out of this. And it's true. Uh, that's a true statement. I, I agree. Um, but no, here's the no, thing. I, I I agree to that. Here's the thing. I, Numbers the are what matter. Hold on, Jared. Numbers are what matter. Hey, Daily Digestion listeners. This is Riley Blake. I enjoy Free Talk Live, and I know you do too. But finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy. So I produce the Daily Digest. I appreciate those of you who have supported me on Patreon and sent Bitcoin to me to thank me for producing these digests. For those who wish to support me on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. If you wish to send Bitcoin, 
Visit patreon.com slash crblake86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. Joe is in our YouTube chat. He says cryptocurrencies are the ultimate form of non-compliance because we were just talking about how when you have large numbers of people, you can do a whole lot more. Like the last caller that we had said he was feeling cornered. He was feeling like the government gang just keeps on pushing and backing him into a corner and that people have this feeling. I I get it. That's that's one of the reasons why I moved to New Hampshire in 2006 when I heard about the Free State Project. I heard about the Free State Project probably in 2002 and signed up for it in – maybe I heard in 2001. Anyway, I signed up for it in like 2002. The Free State Project chose New Hampshire as its destination in 2003, and I started making plans to uh, to move and made made the move up here in 2006, and I'm so glad I did. I mean, like you said, there are power in numbers, and it's also just nice to live in a place where there's like-minded individuals and you don't feel so alone. That's a huge thing. It's huge, yeah. And I don't know if people really understand how big of a deal that is. Yeah. Like, People feel alone out there. A lot of libertarian types feel very, very alone, and they and that's because they are. Like their family doesn't understand them. Their friends, a lot of them, don't get it, and they feel like a lot of them feel like they have to kind of keep to themselves that they can't really express their true beliefs about freedom because they'll be ostracized, especially if you live in a city. Move to a place where you actually have a libertarian network, where there's actually libertarians that own and, and operate businesses. And people that want to get our business because we are an economic, you know, we've got some economic strength here. There are enough people, where there are people buying houses, uh, moving up here constantly. We had a record number of movers here to New Hampshire in 2021. And I get a lot of people are moving to Florida. Florida, the quote-unquote free state. It's a load. And I'm telling you that as somebody who lived there for 26 years, and it's worse now than it was when I was living there. The government gang... Yeah, they may not be as bad in Florida as some other states. For instance, Florida is another state that doesn't have an income tax. Okay, so there's that. They certainly have a sales tax, and some places are even worse than others in Florida because the counties get to decide how much the sales tax is. So there's like the state-level floor, which last time I was there was like 6%, but last time I was there, there were some counties doing 8%. Uh, so there's definitely a sales tax in place there and there's a ton of gun reg- uh, regulations in Florida. You cannot just like here in New Hampshire, you've got concealed carry without a permit. Hmm. That is not the case in Florida. There's, there's like this huge stack of paperwork that you have to get through just to apply, uh, for the concealed carry permit there. And it's just ridiculous. Um, I'm sure I could go on about why Florida is a bad plan, but the police number state. one reason why it's also a police state. War on drugs state. Big time. Uh, that that governor there hasn't has never seen a pro police law that he didn't like. According to this story, uh, eighteen wheeler trucks, about two dozen of them, which is a good start. You know, they're going to be going across the country, supposedly meeting up with other legs of this journey, uh, and and in what's going to be an eleven day convoy. This, if it's two dozen to start. You know, we may see a few hundred trucks by by the end of this, which would be amazing if that's the case. However, the D.C. goons know these guys are coming. And Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin has now approved a request from the D.C. government goons and the Capitol Police 
to deploy 700 members of the National Guard to the capital city ahead of the convoy's arrival. Now, 700 doesn't seem like a whole lot. They, I think they brought in several thousand of them after January 6th. Yeah, I remember like them saying 2,000 or something like that. But this is just the beginning, right? Like, they want to see how this goes. They're saying, all right, well, we'll start with 700. And then we'll reassess here in a few more days and see how big this thing looks. And if we need to, they're probably going to bring in, you know, hundreds more, if not thousands. Pentagon Press Secretary John Kirby said guardsmen would not be armed and will not be empowered to arrest people, Hmm. but would be reporting wrongdoing to local police. Approximately 50 large tactical vehicles would be stationed in the city 24 hours a day. Bob Bolas is one of the drivers who is calling for shutting down the Beltway. So he's saying, so the Beltway, for for listeners unfamiliar with D.C., is this loop, basically, that goes around kind of the outside outskirts of D.C., and it's just traffic hell, basically. D.C. is just a terrible place to drive, and the Beltway is one of those places. And so they're talking about shutting down the Beltway. So, again, some people are saying... Shutting down the entire thing? I mean, if you shut down, you could shut down portions of the Beltway, and it would make life very, very difficult on uh, the people living in D.C. San Antonio is like that. It's like two circles. There's 410, which is an inner circle of San Antonio, mm-hmm. and then there's 1604, which is an outer circle. And if part of 1604 was shut down, it would be havoc. I mean, it would wreck havoc. So, uh, again, some of the drivers are saying they're not going to uh, blockade. Other drivers are saying they're going to. And this is one of the things about a decentralized movement, right? Like, some people may have a completely different agenda yeah. than whoever it is that's the official face. Bolas is leading a D.C.-bound convoy of about 25 semis from Pennsylvania. He also began his route Wednesday morning, that's today, this morning, after suffering a more than two-hour delay caused by a flat tire. He has not specified how they plan to block the Beltway, but told WJLA, quote, we're not going to cause a traffic problem any more than they live with every single day. Um, Stopping in the road is going to be more. (laughs) We'll see. Yeah, it definitely would be if that's what their plan is. You've been out in the streets. Uh, you've seen yep. a lot of people gathered for the arrival oh, yeah. of this convoy. Over 500 What's there? people. 500 people. Wow. Over 500 people at this point. When I left there about 45 minutes ago. Wow. And when I was driving to Kingman, because I thought they were going to Kingman originally, I was taking the, the 40 freeway at 10 o'clock in the morning, and people were lining the bridges, every bridge down the freeway with flags american flags and yeah now are so, there a lot of truckers that are lined up ready to join the uh you know join the run and drive drive with yeah. these folks mm-hmm. yeah in fact on that note i stopped and talked because on the way in i stopped at every group and socialized with a few and i talked to a trucker who's an owner operator whose truck is currently paid for and he has a reefer which is refrigerator trainer mm-hmm. paid for and your uh, supply chain problem where they're blaming not enough truckers? No. This boy parked his truck two weeks ago because they dropped the rates. Oh, really? You can't afford to drive. Yeah, so our fuel prices are going up through the roof. Thank you, Joe. And you're trying to pay the truckers less money. That ain't going to work. You guys know that uh, in Washington there where they're expecting all these jamokes to show up, 
they've already called out the National Guard. They have, yeah. They estimated uh, 700 National Guard have been activated uh, for Washington, D.C. at this point. And I suspect that if this thing gathers the kind of momentum that the organizers are hoping that it does in the next 11 days, that you're likely going to see well more than 700 National Guardsmen in the streets of D.C. Yeah, but they didn't do it when they knew this January 6th thing so they could call the Great Walker Rebellion an insurrection. <laughs> right. I mean, this is ridiculous. But uh, you know what the what the Mounties did up in Canada there and in, in Quebec? Um, you mean trampling people? They ran over the old lady and her rascal and whatnot with their horses and whatnot? Yeah, mm-hmm. they did. Yep, there's video of that. Yep, yep. So I'm thinking some of these truckers ought to be hauling horse trailers. Maybe we need our own damn cavalry. <laughs> That's an idea. Yeah, and I got another quickie for you. I don't Go know ahead. if you guys have heard this. Some guy wrote a book. Actually, I got two. Some guy wrote a book that claims that uh, Justin Trudeau is, uh, well, not Noriega, the guy from Cuba. Castro's Castro. son. Yeah. Castro's illegitimate kid. Yeah. And there, evidently there's pictures. I don't know if they're both teenagers or if it's a father and son thing, but the, the resemblance is remarkable. It's it's and really Mama went, Mama went on. Cuba in like 70, 71. Bullis said he noted his convoy's been in contact with the California convoy. He says, we've had dialogue, we've had conference calls, we're all on the same page. We're all for one thing, freedom and rights. He said, this is America, you took our freedom, you took our rights. He says, you gave it to the illegals. Oh, what? man. Uh, you took our freedom okay, and our rights. I was... Oh, never mind. Can't go into it. It goes on, and then he says, "You gave it to the Black Lives Matter protesters to burn buildings and not get prosecuted. The laws don't apply to them." Now, I mean, he's not wrong that they, the government gang, definitely handled the Black Lives Matter situation in a totally different fashion than, at least in Canada, they handled the the Freedom Convoy. Yeah, and I think that the reason for that was that the anger was towards the police or kind of at first it was towards the police and it kind of got um misplaced to white people in general during Mm the mlm or blm protests um like i I went to the black lives matter a black lives matter protest in san antonio because i i don't remember where i saw this some meme or something was going around that was saying there was going to be an anti-police protest in san antonio Mm -hmm. i was like Oh hell yeah! And I went there, and it just wasn't really nobody was focused on that. It was it was just all about like Black Lives Matter, which it's not like I don't think Black Lives Matter, but I was there more for I my sign was about uh, get rid of the police, right? Keep the police accountable, um, etc. The media it has been whipping up the war fervor for the last several weeks regarding uh, Ukraine, and now finally they have their moment. Uh, the news just a few days, just a couple of days ago, was that uh, Vladimir Putin announced that he is going to be moving troops and has moved troops at this point into the Donbass region of Ukraine, which is the two most eastern, I don't know, you states or whatever you want to call them. They're now they have considered themselves independent nations. They declared independence back in 2014. Now, of course, people claim that the elections that they had or the votes that they had were not legitimate and so on and so forth. But they are saying that they were. And Putin is saying those were legitimate votes. And so, therefore, Putin is recognizing these two areas of Ukraine as not Ukraine. So from Putin's perspective, he's not actually invading Ukraine. He's going in to provide, quote unquote, peacekeeping forces to help keep the peace 
in these former areas of Ukraine. Of course, Ukraine believes that they are still Ukraine. The people of the uh, the government goons in Ukraine think that they never left. So it's that's sort of the politics of what's been going on out there, as 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 I understand it thus far. But now, of course, Joe Biden has been, uh, you know, again, trying to rattle the saber as much as possible and talk tough about going up against, quote unquote, toe to toe with Putin. My friend is an economy major, and that's what she was taught in college. That in inflation is an increase in prices. Yeah. Yeah, it's not. And she was like, no. No, it's not. In- inflation, for listeners, we always have to you know, repeat ourselves on this because there's always new people tuning in. Inflation is an increase in the money supply. That's what inflation is. Prices tend to go upward in reaction to an increase in the money supply. But the increase in the money supply has nothing to do with Ukraine. Mm-mm. And never has had anything to do with Ukraine. It has also has nothing to do-, to do with sanctions. Even though sanctions nope. are a bad thing, sanctions can make things more expensive than in the that's United States. That's right, and that's what they're saying here. But that's not what they're that they're not using the right words. Mm. So yeah, the price of metal could go up because of sanctions, because the supply is limited because of that. The price of wheat they're saying here could go up, but that's not what they're saying. They're claiming that it's, they're going to blame the sanctions, they're going to blame these restrictions on the inflation that people are suffering in the United States. And no, the the blame for inflation lies strictly with the Federal Reserve and the U.S. federal government. Mm. And it doesn't go any further than that. There's no, that, like right now, the people in the federal government are trying to blame the corporations for it too. I don't know if you've heard any of these statements from like Oh yeah, Pelosi. it's corporate greed. Yeah, that's yeah. the new narrative. Yeah. Prior to this article, the narrative was, oh, these corporations are making all this money and they're raising their prices. And for no. some reason, I always vote to give them favors. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes. Subscribe to our podcast, listen live, and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.